You're listening to the Bizarro World of Sports, a Scarlet Rhapsody podcast. Here's some info that may come as a surprise. Sometimes we like to dance with just us guys. It's a boy dance party. It's a boy dance party. At home or erotic, just a call for brotherly unity. To dance our stress away without no womanly scrutiny. We know we don't dance good, but that's just part of our charm. So sway your tater skins and chicken wings. Skins is butts and wings is arms. And we're back after a, uh, let's call it a bye week month. A bye month. A month off there of being lazy because of the the video game show and way too many uh, zero-hour podcasts we had to get done because convention season's kicked into high gear. So we've been busy here at the Scarlet Rhapsody offices, I guess. Um, And, of course, my trip to L.A. didn't didn't, uh, didn't do much for helping us get a lot of work done, so. Well, we got a video game podcast out. We did. We're just trying to get things together, and I have some reviews I've been working on for the next one. Um, although the next one will, will be, should be the interview. i got to make sure that the time on that, but that should be our next video game one, and then after that, our next regular video game episode will be uh, my reviews of some classic games, because classic games are fun. Different kinds of games. Yeah, we, we have a lot going on right now. It, it's the craziness right now during May. You know, they call it March Madness, but it should be called May Madness because we have two different playoffs going on right now of the sports that... Well, not my my two favorites, but a lot of people's favorites. We got basketball, we have hockey, um, and we're right near... Well, heck, for... Uh, yeah, we're almost at the finals for both, come to think of it, in a couple of weeks, so... Let's go to basketball here. Uh, for all, uh, our, for our, and I can't even talk today. For all of our LA fans, well, <laughs> there were no Lakers, but for those of you who were like, I like the Clippers because I'm from Orange County, like most Orange County people. Sadly, they did not make the uh, division finals. They got they got defeated by OKC. So. Oklahoma and take out the Clippers. So I'm going for a friend's view, which is if the team you root for loses, root for the team that beats them because if they become the champion, then, you know, you were defeated by the champion versus defeated by some person who lost against the champion or lost in the finals or whatever. However, right now, Oklahoma City is not doing so good against San Antonio. So (laughs) they're down by two. So we'll just have to see what happens here in the West, but it's looking like San Antonio is probably going to be heading in there. Because usually a two-zip lead is not a good sign in the playoffs. I go. Okay, just love you. Wasn't sure if we lost you there for a second, but yes, the West, it's it's looking like it's San Antonio's game, and I think that's, you know, not hugely unexpected, but Oklahoma City, you know, has been in the finals, you know, several times now. 
Yeah, and uh, the cool thing with this too, I just want to point out, uh, San Antonio in these two games completely destroyed the Oklahoma City. Yeah. Uh, the last game ended up being a score of 77 to 112. Jeez. That's at least a 40, a 35 point deficit. Yep. San Antonio ran, ran away with. That was game two. Uh, game one, again, it was a runaway. It was San Antonio 1.2, OKC 105. That was at least a 17-point um, lead. Yeah. I mean, game if, game if they win game three, I mean, it, it's over, so... Well, you can't say it's over, because now they're going back home to OKC, so okay. Oklahoma might... Might have the home field advantage, but the Spurs have the momentum on their side, and they have obviously they have the outscoring on their side as well. Yeah, but if San Antonio is up three to zero, the a four-game win streak comeback is not particularly likely for Oklahoma City. They might win one or two, but I can't see them coming four to a victory. No, they, they can't pull off what the Kings pulled off in NHL playoffs against San Jose. Yeah. Now, so in Game 3 for the West is very pivotal. That is that is tomorrow, and I think that'll determine how that's going to go. If, if OKC can get a win, then I'd say it's anyone's game, especially if the home court advantage, it might even lean towards, you know, we might end this, you know, 3-4 to four or something like that in, in favor of Oklahoma. But I think if San Antonio wins one more, they basically got this. They, they might not, not skunk Oklahoma. Oklahoma could win one game, maybe two games at home. But San Antonio has this if they get to, can score the third tomorrow. Yeah, it could possibly be it. But also, it could also have to take into account. Again, I have to go back to the high-scoring leads that so San Antonio had here. If OKC can run away with it and have that huge deficit that San Antonio had, in the first two games, then yeah, I can agree with you. This could be a seven-game series going one way or the other. But if OKC ends up with a win in this game, and it's only just by a single-digit win, it's still I, I would still go into San Antonio with victory for the for the series for the West. Um, and once they, like I said, if, if San Antonio wins this one, and it's a blowout like the first two games, then it's no question. Yeah. So, one way or the other, uh, I, I'm pretty sure San Antonio is going to be the one that wins, uh, wins this series. That's how I'm seeing it, too. And if that happens, then, you know, we might have a rematch from last year's, you know, NBA championship with, uh, with San Antonio and Miami. But turning it on the other end, Miami isn't doing so good. As they did last, as they did, because they're going off against a strong Indiana Pacers team. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Um, with that, with oh, sorry, and with that fact, uh, the Heat is definitely having some challenges with the with the Pacers, especially trying to keep up with them. Uh, yeah. They lost game one. They, start, they lost the opening of their to the series to the Pacers. 
and game two they they won that one as well. And it was a pretty close game with in game two. They only won by a score of eighty-seven to eighty-three. Yeah, which, which is interesting. Um, well, game three is tonight, uh, yeah. in about an hour and a half. Um, but what's really interesting here is when you look at the brackets that I've listed, you go to Miami, they skunked Chicago, then they uh, beat Brooklyn 4-1. Uh, to one. So, you know, they had a really good momentum going in here versus, you know, Indiana had more balanced matches, you know, 4-3 uh, to three against Atlanta, and then 4-2 to two versus Washington. So they had more balanced matches here versus, you know, Miami just... Now, and this isn't including scores. We're not going to be... I'm not focusing on scores here, but just in terms of uh, win ratios, Miami had a hotter win ratio kind of going into this this match. But it looks like Indiana, you know, despite the win ratios may not being there, uh, their game is there, which is kind of what's more important. Yeah. And this uh, this series, the Eastern Conference series, is definitely going to be a close one. This one, I would say, would go to a Game 7. It, it very likely will. Probably a very heated match going back and forth. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is that Indiana has the home court advantage this entire series. Yeah. So if it goes to a Game 7, this means that Indiana has a home court advantage in Game 7, and it'll be probably a difficult game for the, for the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. We'll just have to see how this goes. You know, within the week or so, we should probably know who are, uh, are who is in the finals. Yeah. So. That is true. And it's really weird. I kind of am pulling for oh. Miami. <laughs> just for the cheesiness that is LeBron James and his promises. Well, you guys realize too, we have LeBron James who has already two championships on his belt. Yep. And he's going for three. And at that point he has to he has to still get, you know, number four, number five, and number six. And on that number seven as well. And go for number eight. Yeah, but the the world's dumbest promise. But because of that, I kind of like him. Like, I don't know if I necessarily want Miami to win, but I kind of at least want to get them into the finals and be like, yay, LeBron, you've made it to the finals again. Yeah. He's pretty good. If he makes it to the championship finals, that's pretty good. Yeah. I think he's going to fulfill his, uh, his promise. I just think he'll do it as a coach. <laughs> I think that's really more of where that's going to go. But, you know, aim high. Um, exciting playoffs thus far, you know. I mean, it was really exciting for you know being from Orange County, and most people in Orange County do root for the Clippers just because it's kind of a we don't like LA kind of thing. And while they are the LA Clippers, there's still a sense that they're not because most main LA people pull Lakers. Actually, a lot of people in Orange County even pull Lakers, but there is that hipster, I guess if you want to call it or whatever, the the anti popularity group in Orange County that does both the Clippers. So there was some excitement going there. Um, not a huge surprise of all the drama that was happening behind the scenes that they couldn't get into the uh, into the d divisional, but it's definitely one of those things where they put on a good show, and it's unfortunate that... I, I, I do think a little bit of their... Um, their momentum was probably hampered by having negative media attention due to their owner being an idiot. Yeah. 
Of course. Of course. Uh, and just to touch on that, it's it bothering everybody who plays Denver sports has heard the Donald Sterling tapes out there. His uh, comments by, uh, I guess, his girlfriend uh, or something, mistress or whatever. His mistress, uh, yeah. Putting out that, uh, saying those comments about that. And not only that, saying comments about one uh, Magic Johnson. Yeah, that that just got things weird. When, yeah. Once once we got to that part, and I'm like, the thing is that these tapes exist because he's getting old and he needed recordings of stuff so he remembers things he said or things he did. The problem is, but here's my one my one defense. I will say for the guy, whether or not he does believe this stuff, um, one he did have the, you know, one of the highest if not the highest-paid uh, black coach in the league for the Clippers. And two, the fact that he's going senile, it's hard for me to go to a guy and say, hey, you know, he's, just, he's going a little senile. He, he's going to say you stupid stuff. But uh, here's the difference between him and me. If I was going senile, I would not record my conversations because I know they're just going to go directions I don't want them to go. Yeah. But I think it's even worse that his mistress had that breach of trust and just kind of was like, oh, yeah, and by the way, here's the stuff he's been saying. And it's like, guy's an old guy. Let him just... He could have ended on a really good note. We could have just been like, yeah, that owner of the Clippers, you know, they did pretty good there in the last couple of years of his life. But no, no, no. We can also just... And I'm not saying... I'm not defending what he's saying. Don't, don't any, no, anyone mistake me on that. What I'm saying is he's an old guy and... The mistress should not have done what she did because let the guy ha end with like a legacy of all of us just believing he was a good guy. If this guy was, you know, 40, no, 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 no. He doesn't get another 30 years or, or, you know, of us giving him a pass. But the dude's old, he's going a little senile, you know. It, you know, it, it's just there's certain like like let's say Clint Eastwood. If Clint Eastwood just suddenly got on a tape, like just dro just dropping a lot of racial epithets, I'd be like, well, come on, Clint Eastwood's like ninety. Let and let let it, let this one slide. <laughs> you know, there's certain people that I think once you get to a certain age, I have difficulty being all like, how dare you, sir? You should know better. I'm like, I'm amazed you're not in a home. <laughs> <laughs> so, continue with this, uh, the NBA dropped down a lot of harsh penalties. Yes, they did. One, Donald Sterling, uh, which was a complete ban from the team, so we can't have any kind of communication, relations, appear at games, that kind of thing. Yep. Uh, not only that, being fined the highest that the NBA can find, a $2.5 million fine. Yeah, which you can and probably easily afford. And, of course, being forced to sell the... Uh, Having four sell of a team, yeah, would
the Clippers game, the Clippers uh, took off their Trent, their uh, Clippers jersey uniforms, uh, jackets threw it center court and wore their training uniforms uh, inside out while they practiced. Yeah, I mean, and look, I fully understand players being upset and, you know, these kinds of... I would like to believe that the majority of the owners are not in this kind of thing. And, you know, like I said, there's there's no good that came out of this, to, to be honest. Like, like a guy's reputation... Deserve, you know, a guy's reputation, whether he deserved it or not, and I don't know enough about his personal life, basically got ruined in old age. He lost his team... He's basically just going to be now just an old miser, kind of, you know, hiding away in his mansion or what have you. Yeah, and, uh, but that with the, with the players, though, if the, nothing was done, there would have been a walkout. Oh, yeah, definitely. If, if nothing was done. Um, not only that, there's plenty of other little things here and there I heard, uh, is that if uh, once the Donald Sterling was still ownership of the clip, of the Clippers by the time the next NBA season comes rolling around, the players could just protest the fact that we're not going to play. Yeah. So there's still there's still stuff going on. There's still things happening here. Uh, just recently, I just want to bring this point up. This came up from yesterday. Is that uh, Donald Sterling has authorized his wife, Shelly Sterling, to be the one in charge of selling the Clippers. Well, yeah, and she well, she's even come up and said, "Hey, those ownership shares were also partially mine." <laughs> so she could end up, depending on how things go, maybe be able to argue her way into becoming the owner, which would be weird. Um, they are, they're. I think we're in the process of getting divorced or something along the lines like that. I, it sounds really murky every time I hear about it. I'm like, so are they divorced? Are they not divorced? What's the deal with those two? Yeah, I don't, I don't know the whole deal with all that stuff. And uh, the whole thing with is that, once again, it goes how you said, too, is like, you know, I want partial interest with the Clippers if, this, uh, this, if the team is sold because, you know, it's just not like they had that those comments that Donald Sterling said affects what those are definitely the views of Shelly or their kids, that kind of thing. So, yeah. But at the same time, it's one of those things that's going to take a while before things happen, even if all the owners agree to say, okay, he has to be out of here. He has to be gone. Yeah. Uh, well, at that point, you know, it doesn't mean that he's not going to fight anything. He's already put out a claim. His lawyer's put out a claim saying that he's going to fight the $2.5 million fine. I think they have a case, honestly. The, the tapes were illegally leaked. Yeah, and not only that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Sterling goes after his... I guess former mistress for defamation of character. I think his uh, he could. I don't think he will. But I know the wife is suing because there's things that were given to her, or she stole, depending on whose story you're hearing, that actually belonged to her as part of the estate. And it it is such a mess. It is. It's like this little, like the tapes were like the tip of like this iceberg that you look at and you go, oh my god. This is insane, and had the tapes not been released, it probably never would have... None of the insanity going on behind the scenes in his life would have been released to the public, which, okay, granted, is none of our business. It really isn't. But it's definitely in that category where I'm like, whoa, your life's that messed up. How many other owners like have these really weird shenanigans going on? And 
are saying God knows what behind closed doors. Who knows? Honestly, who knows? You know, NBA and beyond, for that matter. I think, oh, just recently, I think maybe uh, one of the, uh, and this is something I heard off the radio, is that, uh, I think it was the Dallas Mavericks owner, I don't know the guy's name, uh, the uh, quote uh, was on the radio, and this is going off memory from what it was, it's uh, something about if that uh, most people have those predetermined prejudices about people. He was saying, if I was walking down the middle of the street in the middle of the night, and on one side of the street, I see uh, a black kid in a hoodie, I'm just gonna cross the street. But if I see, a, on the other side of the street, I see a white guy, bald head, tattooed all over his head. I said, he said, I'm gonna walk across to the other side of the street, if I see those two archetypes on either side of a street, I'll just walk in the middle of the road. Cars are safer. <laughs> and look, that, that's also dependent on where you are. If I'm here in, like, you know, my side of Boston, the, the bald tattooed guy, that, that guy's just, you know, probably not going to mess with me. I mean, he's probably dangerous, but he's probably not going to mess with me. But I don't think, like, the black kid would either. Like, it's just, I think it depends where you're at. I think there's plenty of places you could be at where, you know, a black kid could wear a hoodie where you're not going to think he's a gangbanger. Yeah. It's really down to where you live. It all depends on area, where you're at, how your environment looks, you know? Yep. It's cool when you have a kid, guy wearing a hoodie, up and everything, it's like, okay, he's wearing a hoodie to keep warm. How would you know he's a gangbanger right now? You don't. He's wearing a hoodie to keep himself warm. Yeah. But yeah, it's a mess, and we'll report as it goes. But on the good side, playoffs. We're almost at the finals. Yay! The positive side. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of the reasons I'm trying not to focus on it. Um, yeah, it's best not to focus on this. This is more. This is more towards those, towards ESPN, you know, Yahoo Sports, NFL, NBA Sports. Oh please, this is TMZ territory almost. TMZ, CNN. That, this is for that stuff. We don't really go into in depth. I mean, if we go in depth, we can seriously have an entire show dedicated to this one thing. And, and the sheer amount of complications and social dynamics that come along with it—it's insane. It, it's just one of those things where I'm like, as soon as that story came out, I was like, ah, oh, crap, we have to talk about this on the podcast, aren't we? <laughs> and unfortunately, those are the things we have to, you know, as a sports broadcast, we need to report, but. We don't have to focus on it since we don't have the amount, huge amount of resources that other places do. And like I said, I'd rather focus on the games. I'd rather focus on you know predictions of who's going to be making into the playoffs because or playoffs into the finals because that to me is just more interesting. And like I said, this this feels like a lot of personal issues that I don't feel that I have any right to have a true opinion on because I don't know the man and. Yeah, I don't feel like I should be able to interfere in his business. Plus, last I checked, freedom of speech is a guaranteed right by our Constitution, even if your freedom of speech is hate speech. Yep. So, yeah, this is so many layers. 
moving right along to the next. Uh, By all means, I'm tired of digging myself a hole based on my belief in free speech. Yeah. So moving right along to the next playoff series we have is the NHL series going on right now. Well, not right now. I mean, well, the game's going to be starting in a few less than an hour. Yeah. But anyways, uh, let's back up and let's go to revisit the Kings' uh, playoff run uh, with round one. Because, I mean, it's L.A. We're over here. We were at L.A. Sports Bay Show. So, hey, why not? Uh, the Kings being down 3 to nothing against San Jose, coming up, winning four games in a row. And and having a friend of mine is, is does root for the Sharks. So that, that kind of crushed him a little bit. He's like, yes, we got this. Suck it, L.A. Boom, 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 boom. And he's like, what? Wait, what? Yeah, and you know the other hand, just for us, us SoCalers, we also had uh, the Ducks playing on, and they took Dallas four to two, which was kind of nice because it led to the coolest thing. Um, though it would have been nice had the conference has been set up a little differently, so it could have been the finals, but where or not the finals, but the the conference finals, not the Stanley Cup finals, um, with Anaheim taking on Los Angeles. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Which, which was cool. Uh, watched one of those games, or, or some of one of the games, with you at uh, a Buffalo Wild Wings, and it was hilarious because you have the Kings fans in the bar, and you have the Anaheim fans in the in the restaurant section of the restaurant, and then... I just hear cheers for everywhere, whether it be a Ducks bowl or a Kings bowl. It was cheers all around. And then I went to another restaurant during one of the other games... Um, can't remember what game it was, I, but it was it was, it was that same, it was Kings and Ducks. I just can't remember which which game in the series it was. We went to another one, and it was the, it was the same kind of thing where everyone's just cheering every time the Ducks do something good. And I'm like, I'm just getting into it. It, was, it reminded me of some of the other playoff runs the Ducks had when I had friends in high school and college who were big Ducks fans, and just how you get you just get wrapped up into it, man. You know, in junior high and high school, I had friends who were in the Kings, and then high school, and because high school was divided in half with my friends, and then you know college and stuff, a lot more on the Ducks side because I was in Orange County. So it's those ones where I've never been the hugest hockey fan, but I like both teams, and it's not one of those ones where I can claim loyalty because I wasn't really raised on hockey. You know, it's like, yeah, I was raised on baseball, I was raised on football, I was not raised on hockey or basketball, so neither's a huge deal for me. Yeah. But the fact that we got to see the Kings and the Ducks play in the playoffs, that is awesome. Like, regardless of the outcome, I would have been happy. It is what, it's everybody in, uh, in SoCal Radio Sports, is the battle for SoCal. Yeah, that was our Stanley Cup. We're already done. Like, after this, I mean, obviously we want the Kings to get the Stanley Cup, but, you know... We we did get our we, we get our moment of having the battle for LA so and so our battle that, for SoCal I also bring up to the point uh, in round two with the Kings and the Ducks you know how they say home home ice home court home field advantage yeah those has winning for the the home team I just want to put this out and I'm pretty sure people that watch this game can tell but one. The Ducks lost both home games to the Kings. 
Then I went to Staples Center. The Ducks beat the Kings at two home games. Yeah. <laughs> they go back to the Honda Center. The Kings win that game. They go back to Staples. Ducks win that game. It would be really confusing if they just decided to move stadiums and just suddenly the Kings play out of Anaheim and the Ducks play out of LA. And then that, Kings win at Hunt Center. That's the thing going to the band just met Jack Squat for this. Well, the Kings won at, in, uh, not on home ice, they won on away ice. But the thing is, the stadiums are so close to each other that if you're a fan of either team, you could go conceivably to all seven games. Yeah. Um, you know, if you afford, you could afford it, or if you had, you know, the time, etc. You could, and that's kind of one of the things that makes it a little different. Versus, you know, if let's just say the brackets were set up differently, and you know, um, let's go with uh, Chicago here. If Chicago or yeah, Chicago uh, was taken on Anaheim, you know, you. It's a different crowd kind of thing when you're across the country. Yeah. Or even if we go back one to Dallas and Anaheim, you know, those it's not like you could I mean you could if you had a the plane tickets and everything it'd be super expensive, but it's not the same. You're not gonna get a whole bunch of Ducks fans at the Dallas rink. And in the same and vice versa for Dallas. They're not gonna have the, the fans at the uh, you know, at the Honda Center. So used to calling it the pond. Yeah. But it's definitely one of those things where that's just kind of, But when you have L.A., you know, you know uh, Staples Center and Honda Center are maybe an hour away from each other. Uh, maybe. Probably a little less than that. Probably more like 45 minutes depending on traffic. Yeah. So it's not one of those ones where you're sitting there going like, Oh, God, i got to go all the way across the state. Uh, no. Like, even technically for San Jose, if you're really a hardcore hockey fan, it's, it's really like a... Five hour drive. Five six hour drive. Yeah, dependent on traffic and dependent on what day you go, you could conceivably do it. It's not a you got to be a hardcore hockey fan and take days off of work or whatever, but you could do it. Conceivably, it could be done um, for a lot less than, like I said, the Dallas uh, Anaheim games. <laughs> but well, that can also be conceivably done if you road trip. But that's a long drive to get there. Yeah. I guess what my point is is that for those games they could have a mix of fans at both stadiums and it didn't really feel like anyone had any kind of significant advantage in terms of uh, fans and stuff other than just kind of knowing you know the, the setup the layout rather of the uh, of the ice which is a little bit different and that, that is true but in terms of the fan vibe and stuff like that you're going to have a mix at both so one of those most interesting things. It was a nice little, I don't want to call it a fluke, but it was kind of cool to actually have, and it was really exciting for that, that uh, time that it was going. Mm -hmm. uh, so to go on our current, uh, going back to what we have currently in the hockey playoffs, it is that we have right now Chicago with the Kings tied at one series apiece with game three being tonight. Yep, in a, about 30 minutes. Yep, and we have Montreal and the Rangers going on right now as well. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, Rangers making their way back is not a huge shock by any standard. Uh, nice to see a Canadian team in the Stanley Cup. <laughs> So I just want to point out, Montreal has won a lot, lot of uh, Stanley Cup games, too. Yeah, well, 
Yeah, and it's uh, several of the other Canadian teams. Uh, Toronto has done very well for themselves over the years. So it's not one of those things where... But it's just one of those things where I think if you go back the last couple of years, I'm not sure if we've had all that many Canadian teams in the finals. Or or at least the, the East and the West finals, rather. Yeah, so and game four is tomorrow for the Rangers Montreal. Uh, Rangers lead that series two to one. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a little early to call that one, you know, because I could easily see Montreal turning things around. Yeah. It, it's it's funny. Both these are really really close. I mean, obviously we have our bias for the Kings, but. You know, we're we're tied one to one. This, you know, tonight's game will will give us some insight as to what direction things are leaning. But technically, that could go any direction, and the Montreal, uh, New York could go any direction. It's really interesting that we have. It doesn't feel like there's any. You know, basketball feels a little more clear as to who can make it in. Uh, I mean, and granted, we had our argument about um, uh, Miami and uh, Indy. Indiana, or Indianapolis, or wherever they are, um, mm-hmm. Indy and uh, Miami. We had a little argument on that one, and I feel that Miami has a little bit more heat, so to speak, uh, because they've had a couple of wins already, or, you know, finals wins, championship wins, whatever you want to call it. Um, and this one, like, yeah, the Kings, we're in the Stanley Cup, you know, we, we, we have that momentum, but it's not like we had any... If you look at the games that the Kings have taken on, you know, four and three and four and three. You know, those those are both could have gone the other direction easily. And if you look at Chicago, you know, it was four and three and four and two. So it's not like they had any kind of overwhelming dominance either. You know, it, it's one of those ones where I'm like, this is a coin toss, folks. And you get the other side of, you know, New York and where is it on New York wins. Uh, New York with a uh, four and three, and then again with four and three, and then you go to Montreal, and you got what? Four zip, and then you have four and three. Um, which against Boston, and yeah, too bad Boston. It would have been nice to see the Bruins in the finals again, but uh, alas. You got beaten up by Montreal. Yeah, but that was at least close. But Montreal had a good they're the only one who had any kind of, you know, real stomping of another team, and that was the very first bracket here. That was against, uh, uh, don't none, oh, do not know what that stands for. <laughs> but it, it's definitely one of those things where I'm sitting there going, no one has any kind of real, no one feels like they're charging through everybody, you know, it's, it's, you're not, having that overly dominant team, which, you know, can happen. And sometimes they burn themselves out before the finals, and it's not a good thing to have happen when you're just win, 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 and then the finals hit, and they just just drop it. But right now, I mean, this is actually a really exciting time to be a hockey fan, just because you can't predict it. You really can't at this point. Now, when we're two more games in on both series, and, you know, we could end up with a, you know, let's just say two games from now, we could have, you know, Chicago and Lakers, or Lakers, and the Kings at two and two. You know, it could still be at that point where we're sitting there going, like, no one's ahead. And, you know, 
Well, it's, it's, we're just making it even with one with tomorrow's game, and there'll be uh, you know four games completed as well. We could see Montreal and Rangers two and two easily. So, you know, by the time we get to game four, we could still be seeing you know kind of tied scores. I mean, this this could possibly be both sides going you know four and three again. And that, that to any to any real sports fan, is an exciting thing. I mean, would it be nice to have seen the Kings sweep? Yeah, it would be nice. But I think it's more exciting when it builds up there. You know, the Kings' comeback against you know, San Jose is proof of that, of how just excited that got everybody. Because three zip, okay, well, this is it was a good run. We made it to the playoffs. That's nice. You know, maybe the Ducks will make it to uh, further than the Kings, and or we could just turn things around completely. Yeah. You, know, you, you never know, and that is part of the excitement of the playoffs. But when you're trying to predict stuff at this point, it just makes it impossible because I'm going like I, I don't know. I can't. I could look at everyone's stats and still look at that and try to calculate who has a better advantage. And I'm like, I don't think there is one. We could look at who has home ice, and maybe that one would even help. You know, it's it's crazy. Yeah. So, really not much more to talk about with hockey. Um, yeah. Just it, really. Just playoffs going on. Hopefully, we get a good... Uh, get good... Uh, game going on. Uh, game 7 would be great, but who knows if they run away with it. But once again, as you said, Jared, just gotta see. These are all going to be close games. It's not like how basketball championships were where you can see a clear cut out of all these. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to a couple more news for us before we hit our main topic for the show. Baseball. Yeah, um, which is what we were established as. Yes, exactly. We're not going to forget that. But uh, World Cup Soccer starts in 19 days. I'm looking forward to it. I, I need to check out the brackets. Uh, it was the joke, I think, from one of the other podcasts. Where I was like, go Ireland. I don't think Ireland's in it. Go Portugal. Not Portugal. I want to say um, Peru? Colombia? I think it was Colombia. I think it was my mind. I was like, go Colombia. <laughs> Just randomly chose like another country because... Um, I, I don't have a lot invested in this, but I'm actually curious to follow it because I didn't realize how super exciting it is for so many people. You know, obviously it, it it's the one it's the most popular sport in the world. I I don't even think we could argue on that one. Um, and so a lot of people get really charged up about this, and I'm I'm actually looking forward to just kind of I don't know how many games I can really follow. Not only just because of the really weird times they're all played at because of time zones, but yeah, also... the fact that 1-8, they're in Brazil, and they're playing in really narrow. They're probably grouped up in with Eastern time, like with Dior. Like I, I don't think so, because I think they're like two hours ahead of us or something like that, but... Yeah, it, it's it, it was better, obviously, um, in terms of time zones, it's way better than when they were in South Africa. <laughs> or Japan. Or Japan, yeah. It was, it was better than those, but... Uh, so you're right, this probably won't be too bad for that. It's just deciding what team I'm going to follow or if I'm going to follow multiple teams. You know, trace my heritage through all my various uh, little lines and just say, okay, well, I guess I'm rooting for, like, these two or three teams. Yeah, and I don't know if I have... Uh... And from the last time we podcast, I don't think I ever um, mentioned the final groupings. 
Um, once again, it's for, for our listeners who do not know World Cup, uh, how the World Cup tournament is set up, I just want to say that it's uh, divided into eight different groups, which start off as, rock, as round-robin elimination groups, where the best two of each group advances to the elimination brackets. Yeah, and which, which I like. I like that style. It makes things a little yeah. more interesting and... You really can't predict who the two are going to be until, you know, they've completed at least, you know, the, the first two series. Then you can start to make those predictions, but, you know. Yeah. And I don't know if I mentioned the different groupings last time. I uh, you did, but let's just go over them one last time just uh, because we had, you know, a little over two weeks left. From what we were, from recalling was that there was still some qualifying rounds being happening, so they weren't finalized. Ah, uh, you're right. Uh, this time now, these are all the final groupings since, you know, 19 days away. These are the final groupings for it in no particular group order. But I'm just going to go ahead and go with this because it's all in alphabetical. Group A, we see Brazil in it, Croatia, Mexico, and Cameroon. Go Mexico, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of like rooting for America. Yeah, once again, I just want to also comment too is the host country automatically gets a buy into the World Cup. Ah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I understand why, because otherwise it would really suck to be the country that's just like, and congratulations, you're outed in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you enjoy watching the rest of our games. The entire, the entire tournament, actually. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that was Group A. Group B, we have Spain, the Netherlands, Chile, and Australia. Okay, well, I am Spanish, so technically I guess I could root Spain. Uh, group C, we see Colombia, Greece, uh, Cote d'Ivoire, and Japan. Japan. Um, well, I'm also, my last name means Greek, so technically I could root for Greece. Uh, group D, Uruguay, Costa Rica, England, and Italy. I... Probably have some English in me, being Irish. <laughs> I guess I can root England too. Go England, you limey bastards. Group E, we see Switzerland, Ecuador, France, and Honduras. I'm related to none of those. Group F, Argentina, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Bosnia, Iran, and Nigeria. Also not connected to any of those. I believe, it's, I believe it's Herzegovina. Yeah. And Herzegovina, yeah. Uh, group G, we see Germany, Portugal, Ghana, and the good old U.S. of A. USA! USA! Please don't lose first round! <laughs> uh, group H, we see Belgium, Algeria, Russia, and the Korea Republic. No, I'm not connected to any of those. Yep. <laughs> That's our groupings for the World Cup tournament happening in 19 days. At least I got three possible, four possible teams I could root for, or whatever it was. Yep. And not only that, I just want to bring up a little bit of World Cup news. Almost every team has already announced their 23-man roster for the World Cup. Well, yeah, because they need to get to practicing and yep. get that team gelling. So now that that's out and everything, I just want to say, Landon Donovan of the LA Galaxy... Who has been in the last three U.S. teams for World Cup did not make the final roster cut for 
this year's World Cup. Hmm. Well, maybe he has some new competition coming from some of our other uh, Major League teams. Well, of course. I mean, we have players coming in from the, from the U.S. team, the main U.S. team, uh, from all the different uh, Major League soccer teams. Uh, they're all there, you know. And it's not only that. 156 different candidates came in to play. And Wait, did you say he was in the last three World Cups? Yeah. So he's been playing, uh, so he's been in soccer for like 12 years now. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure on like where the age ranging is on players. He actually could be at a point that he's just kind of in that older bracket where he's just not running as fast and not kicking as hard as he used to. Yeah, well they do have, and obviously I want to say they do have a sub-17 World Cup, which means that if you're under the age of 17, those, the players have to be under the age of 17 to play, and that's what a sub-17 World Cup is. Yeah. But look, even if he went to his first World Cup at the age of 18, he'd be 30 now. Yeah. And I'm not saying that like 30-year-olds can't still play sports. Baseball is the, is proves that wrong, you know, in and of itself. So, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, well, if he was like, you know, 27 when he did his first World Cup, then you know he's 39 now. Yep. So those different World Cup appearances, 156 caps and five World Cup goals. Oh, nice. So. Yeah. That's a pretty good standings. Considering America usually doesn't make it all that far anyway, so... Well, we, we haven't even gotten that far in the tournament, regardless of... Winning's not even on the table there. It's, it's you know, we get knocked out in usually the first or second round, so... Just kind of how it is. And it's mainly because, you know, soccer for... I'd say for the majority of the time, leading up until probably the last 12 to 15 years, has not been a huge deal to the average American. It's And to the average American, I still say it isn't. Like, Major League Soccer has grown in popularity, yes, but it's not like, it's not bringing in baseball numbers, it's not bringing in football numbers. Heck, it's not even bringing in hockey numbers, and hockey's not the most popular sport in the U.S. either. It's, it's you know what? I take it back. They're probably matching up with hockey at this point, possibly even surpassing it, actually. Man, MLS is getting in popularity fast. But I think that also changes things. I think as soccer becomes more popular here in the U.S., or football, um, as they call it around the world, um, I think it'll make some shifts in how well we perform in the World Cup. But I don't think we would even be close to being to a champion range until we get more, say... 10 more years down the road or something like that when we get some of the kids now who were raised on soccer like my little brother did soccer when he was instead of uh, baseball or any other little league you know he didn't do peewee football he didn't do baseball he did soccer so, and, I, and a lot of his friends did that too so I go on the rule that you know he's a teenager now so give him you know if, if he if he he let's just say any of his friends were really good soccer players who stuck with it from you know however young he was when he first started soccer. Um, you know, give them ten, ten, you know, five to ten more years, they'll be in MLS if they're that good. And I think there's going to be this generation coming up in the next five to ten years who grew up playing soccer, and I think that's going to change how uh, we perform in the World Cup, and I think even possibly change the popularity of the MLS. But I still think we're, like I said, we're five to ten years away from having that really be a major thing for us. Mm -hmm. But we're getting there, you know? 
We can do that. All right, through the standings right now, American League, the Eastern, the Eastern Division. We see Toronto ahead by two games over the Yankees, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and last year's World Series champion Boston, rounding out the Eastern Division. Yeah, at, at a very, very sad uh, six point five games away. Yep. Ouch. But by the way, what kind of alternate universe are we living in when Blue Jays are doing better than the Yankees? Well, we always hit strong uh, hot points in the game. That's what baseball is all about, hot and cold streaks. It is. It, it's kind of nice to see the Blue Jays make a turnaround. Um, especially because I believe their coach, was it? Their coach and like one of their pitchers went over to the Red Sox. Uh, the world the, for, that led to that World Series. Um, so it's one of those things where obviously they've made some changes or improvements, or everyone is just letting them get a head start. It's it's one of the two. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, American League Central Division. Uh, Detroit Tigers are just completely running away with it right now with the season. Yeah. Uh, we have a winning record, uh, winning record of twenty-eight and sixteen. Yeah. And they we are five and a half games ahead of Minnesota. Which behind them we see the White Sox, Kansas City, and rounding off the Central Division is Cleveland. Yeah, and what's interesting is that uh, you know Kansas City is one. You know Kansas City and Cleveland are usually considered kind of jokes, and when you see how far behind they are at six and a half and seven, it's kind of like wow, you know, well earned reputation, guys. Yeah. <laughs> And right now, my Angels are facing off against Kansas City Royals. That should give them, hopefully, a couple of extra wins in the queue. Well, we won last night, so that's a that's a bonus. Yeah, your current streak is three. You know, that's not that's not something to sneer at. And that's something. Well, I'm a little worried with that since we're on a three-win win streak. Is because all this season, I have noticed that we not have extended win streak past three. Oh, really? Really. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> no, it's, it's not bode well for tonight for, for uh, me as an Angels fan. Yeah. But once again, you know, it goes on to what we always talk about, baseball superstitions. We always have too many superstitions going on here. It, it, it's a weird thing about sports, but I think it brings it up because, you know... I, I, I could do a whole. We could do a whole podcast just on the reasons why we think this is. Yeah, we have our various things, and you know, sometimes you got to try to break break certain things. And like right now, the Angels need to break past that uh, that three win limiter and basically say, "No, we're doing it this time." Yeah. So, because once you get the four, then they then the next time they get a streak going, they can be like, "Hey, hey we made it to four before. Let's do four again." Yeah. 
Yep. You know, and, and if you can just keep that going, you can really boost confidence. But yeah, you can get stuck in that whole, well, we've already we've, we've hit our three. That's it. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. to angles when we get to it. But let's go ahead and continue down those standings. Uh, American League West, my angels hold. Oakland is in top spots with the best record, tied for the best record in baseball, with 30 wins and 19 losses. Yep. Uh, the Angels are nipping at their heels with only being two games behind. Yeah. With Oakland losing today, and if the Angels somehow magically turn up a win, we can actually be a game and a half back of Oakland. Mm-hmm. So that is good, and looks like, um, and it seems if we can if we can break this three-game win streak uh, thing, we'll be nipping right at their heels. Uh, the next team that's close by is. Surprisingly, surprisingly, not the Texas Rangers, the Seattle Mariners. I was surprised by that too. I'm like, well, the Rangers were usually up there, and they've kind of dwindled. And in closing out the West, uh, cementing their reputation as the worst team in baseball, is the Astros with only 17 wins and 32 losses, being 13 games behind of the Athletics. Yeah, <laughs> and that uh. And that, just behind, that is literally the worst uh, games back in the league right now. Yeah, they're also on a four-game losing streak. Yep. And oh. not only that, they are on a, they are the worst team in baseball yep. again. Yep. That's sad. Yeah. Um. But to continue on with the standings, so once again, we talk about we'll talk about all the different sports later. Uh, National League going on to the Eastern side now. Yep. Uh, Atlanta is in top spots, twenty-seven with twenty uh, twenty-seven and twenty. It feels like it's the nineties all over again. <laughs> sorry, it's Braves. Follow, oh, not Marlon. Sorry, thinking of the wrong team. But yeah, Braves. You know how they had their dominance in the nineties. It feels like the Braves are doing good again. They did good uh, last year and the year before as well. So. Uh, guys, I said three games ahead of Miami, followed by Washington, the Mets, and Philadelphia being back there. Yeah, I kind of expected. I I keep expecting more of the Nationals, and they never they never cease to not impress me. So, or they never they never yeah that's right they never cease to not and stupid double negatives. Anyhow, they don't impress me, and they even when they have that really great pitcher uh, we were talking about it, you know, a few years back, you know. It's just, I always see them in the middle of the pack. Anytime I have to look at the Nationals, middle of the pack. Yeah, they are pretty much middle of the pack, being a 500 team. Yeah. 24 and 24. Uh, moving on, uh, the Central Division, we see Milwaukee tops with two and a half games back of the National League champions, St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, give the Cardinals time. They can they can recoup that. Two and a half games ahead, I'm sorry. I said two and a half games back. The two and a half games ahead of the Cardinals. Uh, Follow the Cardinals, we have the Cincinnati Reds by the Pittsburgh Pirates and the second worst team in baseball, the Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. And then going on to the Western Division in the National League. Again, the one that the matters. Other team that's tied. The other team that's tied for the best record in baseball is the, the San Francisco Giants. Yep. The Bay Area team seem to have the best record in baseball right now. It, it's a good time to be from the Bay Area, you know, and bad time to be me or you because then we have to have our Bay Area friends. I don't know if you have any. I have several. Just give us crap all the time about that. Yeah. Well, 
with that in second place, only four games out of first with the Colorado Rockies. Thankfully, I don't know anyone from Colorado. Uh, uh, right behind is your Dodgers. Yep, five games back. Yep, San Diego is surprisingly not in last place. But still and not looking particularly good at uh, 8.5 games back. And Arizona, who is 12 and a half games back. Third worst team in baseball. Third worst team in baseball. And I, and I do have a friend who's a Diamondbacks fan, so that's kind of fun. It just makes me feel, it's like, hey, I can make fun of you. And I have friends who are Padres fans, because I have a lot of friends in San Diego. So, it's, it, Arizona was supposed to be a pretty good team this year. To have such a, to be with a third worst team in baseball is not really looking good for them. Well, it didn't help when they lost their, their games in... Uh, Australia, and just to have that be the, and that was before any like full on regular season games were kind of getting, you know, started. So that's just that's just gotta hurt your, you know, any kind of enthusiasm you can have there is just instantly like, well, we just we just got swept by the Dodgers. Um, well, we can turn this around, guys. We can do it. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> so yeah, I mean. It's it's a really strange division here in the National League because with you know Rockies and Dodgers you know they were were four and five behind uh, respectively, and then you just jump to eight point five and twelve point five and you're like whoa that's that's a huge gap there between where the Dodgers end and the Padres began so yeah. you don't really see as big of a gap there in most of these other ones you know you can go to the East and you know they're they're all Within within a range, you can you know you can go to the central, with the exception of the Cubs. Everyone's kind of looking good, but you know Cubs are the Cubs. And even in the AL, you know, you, you go to the the West. There, I mean, you just forget the Astros because they're the Astros. But everyone else is still kind of generally close to each other. You know, you go to the central there, everyone's close to each other. You go to the East, and everyone's still generally close to each other. I mean, say what you want about the Red Sox, you know, being the lowest in their division, they're still only six and a half games back, and this we're not even at the halfway point of the season yet. It, it, they could easily make a comeback if things turn around. Yeah, we're uh, only a quarter of the way done with the season. Yeah, so it's not like they couldn't have... I mean, you remember what was it, a year ago or two years ago, where both of our teams were like in the gutters for a while there, and then we started to get kind of a comeback around, you know, just before the All-Star break, and then the All-Star break after that just really kind of shifted momentum for both of our teams. Yeah, ours went on a downturn while yours went on an upturn. Yeah, but both of us were in the gutters before that, so you know, we, we've had that before where you get people where you're like, oh man, they're not doing that great, and then suddenly you just get that upswing, and it completely changes, you know, where your team's standing is. That's kind of one of the good parts about how many baseball games there are, where you know, if this was a sixty-game season, well, you know, we're basically starting to cement who's going to be in the playoffs. But it's not a sixty-game season; it's a hundred and sixty-five games. Hundred and sixty-two games. Sixty-two. Excuse me. Uh, so yeah, we have a while to go here. With only 48 games in. Yep. So, let's go ahead into a little bit more advanced statistics going on right here. Uh, And I'm sorry, Derek, I don't keep my track with uh, Dodger stuff, but right now the Angels have won the last four series that they went into going in. We won the series versus 
uh, Toronto. We beat the Phillies when we went in for a two-game series. We beat the Astros when they came into our home turf. And it's not that hard to do. <laughs> yeah. And um, we also beat the uh, other team that came into rolling into our, our clubhouse this season as well. Uh, the, uh, yeah, this season as well with uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah. So that's four series, four series wins that we got. Uh, we happened to pull off a victory tonight. That's five series, uh, series that we've taken. And that that continues just good. I mean, if we continue this winning streak, we'd be pretty good. Uh, that not only having those winning streaks reflect good on us, it also reflects good on our home and road records. Uh, at home, we're 14 and 12, despite that horrible start that we. Uh, did starting the season where we got completely defeated by Seattle, got swept by Seattle, lost uh, three games at I think it was three games out of four against Houston, losing a game in Seattle. Uh, so starting the season in April, we didn't look so hot, and we were getting thinking, oh my god, it's again. But we turned it around and it looked good. Uh, again, I had a home record of 14 and two. And surprisingly, my Angels are doing very well on the road, being 13 and 8. Yeah. It's kind of one of those uh, things to kind of look at where you know, things can change. Yeah, which is good. We're already doing a lot better than what we did last year. We're right now seven games over 500, which we haven't been over 500 since the 2012 season. In the 2013 season, we were a sub-500 team for the longest time keeping up on 500 but never really broke the 500 for me. Yeah, what, what tends to be the thing right now kind of with the Dodgers is we seem to be have this like win one, lose one kind of thing going, which isn't really helping us progress up the lines. You know, right right now we're still, we're still take, should still be taking on the Phillies for the time being. I but, think you got, actually that game is over. You lost to the Phillies 3-5. to five. Oh, there we go. Next so. game is, is tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, uh, going back to what you said, uh, the last ten games that the Dodgers played, they're five and five. Yeah, it's win one, lose one. It's really, real frustrating, actually, <laughs> to be honest. And, um, and let's see. Um, the team is only two games over five hundred right now. Yeah, you're right. And our, yeah, our next game, yeah, Phillies tomorrow. Then we, you know, we do a little run against the Reds. And into the let's see. Reds to Pirates. Yeah, so we have some... And both of those are, hopefully, would be easier runs for us. There's not a guarantee there. Um, but it, it, it's... Looking at, looking at that and going, well, some of those... Are, a lot of those are home games, too, it looks, looks like. Yeah. So we could, we could get a nice little upturn, hopefully, because it's getting a little bit frustrating to be sitting there, you know, watching one win, one loss, one win, one loss, and you're like, oh, come on, guys. And I know it's not exactly that, because there have been some tours in there, but like I said, we have, we have a run against the Reds, the Pirates, then the Sox, all at home. You know, then we're taking on the Rockies, who shouldn't, who would actually be really important for us, because then we can see if we can shift positions with them and actually be second place if we can get some good wins there against the Rockies. Yeah. With that, I also want to mention your guys' home road records. At home, the Dodgers are 9-13. and 
four games under 500 at home, and on the road, you guys are 17 to 11. Okay, never. Well, yeah, and, and um, the Rockies games at least are road games, so that gives us some good hope there. Uh, followed by another run of the Reds uh, out uh, out in uh, Cincinnati to return home to thankfully have games against the Diamondbacks and uh, then into the Rockies again. So, you know, June is looking like to be an interesting month for us. You know, we we get the home go- home games kind of ending May going into June. You know, against two teams that I don't. Three teams that I don't consider major threats. To then go on the road where we have higher standings against the Rockies, which would be good, and the Reds, which you know, again, like I said, shouldn't be that big of a deal. And I think these are games we can handle, and hopefully will give us a nice boost. But what's more important, as Miguel pointed out, we do better on the road, and our road trip after that is against the Rockies, followed by the Reds. And those games against the Rockies could be the determining factor for us getting our second place standing. Yeah. And then when we return from the Reds, it's the Diamondbacks, which are you know a joke, and they're uh, the Rockies, which at home, which will also, like I said, be very important in determining that second place standing. And you know that brings us to mid June, which you know there's no reason to really look beyond that until we get to that point. Um, because, you know, we need to be sure we got everything kind of coming together, you know, because this could go the complete opposite direction. We could end up just getting a terrible losing streak and, you know, still be better than the Diamondbacks. So, you know, never know what's going to happen. But, yeah, when you you just look at, like, how things have been going for both our teams, you know, you... There's, there's definitely a positive outlook for both teams that I think we, we can stand with because, you know, while my team has, you know, kind of not had the best of times right now in our last 10, you know, you guys have obviously been kind of building some momentum and could really get a few more wins under your belt, hopefully. And yeah. we. I want to help with that too. With this is. Uh, and I want to also say that. Uh, I know a lot of people say that our farm system hasn't been good in the last recent years. And I also want to mention, I didn't mention it during when we talked angles, so I just want to talk about it real quick though. Our farm system has been really great getting some good players in since we have a lot of players from our uh, lineup go out with Dunju. We had Josh Hamilton go out eight games into the season, into the season with a broken wrist, thumb injury. We had Cole Calhoun. Yeah, we had Cole Calhoun out on, uh, I think, a Twisted Ankle or something. Then we had David Freeze go out with a bruised uh, right middle finger due to getting hit by a pitch. And with all that, we had call-ups coming in, and they, um, they've been doing a great job covering the bases, covering the outfield, and having good hits, having good hitting streak, putting it together. So... Even though we had our, our great power guys out due to injuries, our farm system players have been stepping up and coming up and really keeping our momentum going good and going forward and having such a great uh, season so far. And that's without, once again, I say that's without having our top players in the lineup. Yeah, and you know, if you got that going for you, when when they get back, when they when they, you know, are are healed up. Hopefully they can kind of, you know, sustain where you guys have gone to, you know. I don't don't know if we're, you know, the Athletics are not an easy team to try to surpass. 
But if you can do well without your your stars, and you can get some of those stars back, you can really kind of give them a run for their money. Yep. So yeah, there's there's some exciting team, yeah, you know, exciting things coming up. That while while a lot of this is speculation, I think you know it's definitely something that fans of both the Angels and the Dodgers should be very positive about, and should be very you know happy to know that you know we're. Yeah. We're about a third or so through the entire season, and we have some very positive, um, some positive things to think about right now as we go in trying to get higher stats by the half. Yeah. Now we can get into a whole baseball half uh, all-star break show for that. How we're doing so far? Yeah, it, it, it's definitely a, a positive time for SoCal baseball. But a much more positive time for NorCal baseball. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, NorCal is very much in that whole like, yeah, we we the champions. Yep. And who knows? We we could end up with a uh, Giants Athletics series. It could. Don't know who I'd root for. I think I'd root for a meteor to just smash the stadium or something. Or we can always have that. Uh that L.A. battle with Dodgers and Angels at some point. It would be fun. It'll happen at some point in time, but I'm pretty sure it'll happen soon. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a possibility of it. Yep. Is there any more baseball news we should uh, be covering? That's pretty much shit, really, on my point. All right, then. Well then, for uh, Miguel, this is Jared saying, that's the game. Yay, let's hope we can salvage the first half of the show. Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw. Steve Sachs and his running with the law. We're talking Homer, Ozzy and the Straw.